Welcome to the Cross Council Podcast, where we believe that negative emotions should not run your life. Join Mary Carlton and Steve Freitag as they share the keys they've learned from over 20 years of helping people find genuine freedom and live a more meaningful life through the truth, love, and healing of Jesus. It it is so sad when these important, uh, dear relationships get severed and they don't get restored Mm -hmm. because one or both people aren't willing to take a look at their side of things, right? And so what... Uh, what can happen when we don't deal with some of the things that we've believed for a long time? Uh, it just entrenches us deeper in self-preservation, and we have a very difficult time trusting people. Which which doesn't mean that you should just trust everybody, but but some of us carry this this thing inside where it's like, I don't trust you, I don't trust you, I don't trust you until you prove that you're trustworthy for 10 years, <laughs> I'm, I'm really not going to trust you. And so what that creates inside of us as well. And we miss out on a lot of things when we become a very untrusting person. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, no one can ever earn that kind of trust. We're, we're, we're just not good enough. I mean, even if you're super trustworthy, um, you know, you're, you're going to make a mistake. You're, you're going to forget something. And, you know, your trustworthiness, maybe in your mind and in your heart, you have been trustworthy, but the other person's idea of what trustworthy is, is altered because of what they believe. And so there's this, there's this impossible, you know, standard to reach. Uh, I know I've done that with people where I don't trust them. You know, it's like, eh, you work for me, you betrayed me, and I don't trust you, and I'm never going to trust you. doesn't matter. You know, that's, that, that's how I approach that. It doesn't matter what you do. You are forever and ever an untrustworthy person. Mm-hmm. And that's unhealthy. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually bad for the one who doesn't trust. Yeah, I, I knew somebody who was a Christ follower. And yet when somebody betrayed that person, they were put on their blacklist. There was, it was almost a sort of, and this, this person, like so much of their life portrayed like the love of Jesus, but it was like, when you cross that line, mm-hmm. you're on my blacklist. And then we did something that was in that person's mind way over the line. And we, I don't want to get into the details, but I'm like, you're crazy to have that line. We got put on that black blacklist because even in the back of my mind, when I heard that years before, I'm like, hmm, I, win, I wonder when I'll do that little thing that puts puts me on that list. But yeah. I think when when we we have the brokenness inside of our heart and we're not trusting because we have been betrayed by ourselves or others, I think one of the things that can come out of that is impulsivity. And so we make these choices because we don't trust others. We don't trust ourselves. And so we can make, say, make some choices in our life that, uh, are not good for us. And we yeah. live in this anger and unforgiveness and bitterness. And we become just these miserable people, even with a Jesus smile on our face, right? We fake it. We're trying yeah. to fake it until we make it, but we don't, we don't get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard to get there when you're faking it, especially mm-hmm. with the Jesus thing, because, yeah. you know, uh, his standards are so much bigger than ours that, you know, faking it becomes readily apparent. 
mm-hmm. um, to those around you, especially the ones who actually know you. Um, you know, um, I, you know, I, I, I think that that there are some betrayals that may be worse than others. You know, we've talked about business, which I know, but I'm sure that personal betrayals, you know, marital betrayals, and those kind of things, which some of the people listening to this probably are experiencing or have experiencing experienced some of that. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying that the betrayal is not real. What we're saying is the pain that locks you into the betrayal is usually based on something that you don't actually know. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we can even blame God for things not going yeah. our way. Yeah. And we can have that, that in our hearts as I well. And we're was, just, yeah yeah right mm-hmm. he, he ultimately is right we, we yeah. quote verses like he causes all things to work together for good for those who love him who are called according to his purposes well that's ultimately that doesn't mean in my timeline mm-hmm. right his, right. his, his timeline and my timeline uh don't always coordinate very well <laughs> no no you know yeah but you know because we it's, just want things to be given given to us well, in our timeline, in our way, you know, and, and you, if you've experienced loss, like a death of a spouse or a child or something like that, you know, that verse do, doesn't matter. All mm-hmm. things work together for good. At that moment, at that time, during that grieving period, that verse doesn't hit you unless, and I mean this, you know, gently, Unless the Lord is speaking to you about how to walk through that, because truly, in in when you look back on your life, and I can say this because I have lost a spouse, you know, when when you look back and you realize that this event happened, that event in your life is not good. Mm-hmm. It, it, there isn't any way to say that this is a good thing. But right. that event in the in in the whole cadre of things, the Lord causes everything to work together. I can tell you um, that that is true. Um, but there's some lie-based thinking that you're going to have to deal with to understand that scripture. Because that's not something you can understand logically. It's something you have to understand emotionally. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, I just need to leave it there. But it is lie-based thinking that causes you to believe that God is not good when things in your life, truly from the world perspective, are not good. And you have to figure out where that is. Take it to the Lord, Mm -hmm. and he will talk to you. He will. And show you where you started believing that he's not good. Right. Yeah, I like to say he'll communicate with us. Yeah. Sometimes that, that comes in, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean an audible voice in your head, but I think mm-hmm. when you lean into him and be open to how he's communicating those things. So, yeah, because we have a good father, right? You can sing that all day long, but yeah. it, we really do want stuff. We always want to f- have good stuff. We want to feel good. And uh, I was listening to an, a psychologist talk and, and his take was, you know, narcissism. We did a, podcast or two on that mm-hmm. and, and i do believe that everybody's a narcissist in those places of unhealed wounds but i also like what he said he, he said narcissism uh really thrives in places where uh, people get things that they have not earned 
like, wow. Okay. Well, there's, you know, there's grace and there's mercy, but there's a lot of stuff that we get that we don't deserve from, from the eternal or the spiritual standpoint. But uh, I think we've just made things way too easy. Yeah. And the generations that follow. And so then we wonder why, why is my kid such a narcissist? Well, my goodness, you didn't make him or her work for anything. There still has to be an effort that we put forward in things. It's not God's, we don't have to earn God's love. Kids shouldn't have to earn parental love. But there also is this sense of being faithful and making an effort in things. And if we don't give kids space to, to put forth an effort, then why are we surprised with the narcissistic behavior and the selfishness, self-absorbed uh, generation that mm-hmm. follows, right? Because, yeah. Paul prays in Ephesians 3 that we would be rooted and established in love, love that surpasses knowledge so that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. At Cross Council, it's miraculous to watch people transform by the love and truth of Jesus. But some people need a little extra help. We never turn anyone away because of their inability to cover their session fees. Would you be willing to cover that cost for somebody? Somebody who is looking for freedom from something in their life? We are inviting you to be a part of what Cross Council is doing here. Would you be willing to donate to cover someone? Bless them, though you've never met them. You can do that today at crosscouncil.com. You know, Steve, you know, you mentioned something just kind of tickled, you know, a thought here. And, you know, John, you can cut this out if the thought needs to be cut, as you say. Okay. But, um, you know, I just realized that many of the people that I deal with in my life right now are really believing that. God has betrayed them. That's actually what they think. That isn't what they're saying. That isn't what the mantra is. But when you boil it down, well, there I was. I needed a job, and God did not come through. There I was. I'm I'm single, and I was looking for a spouse. And I had this person, and it didn't work. God did not come through. And I'd like to hear your take on that because, you know, I really think that that may be a prevalent thought in the generation, John, of, of, of kids and, and people your age and younger, that where's God? He didn't do it. You know, all this stuff that I was taught that he does, he doesn't do. Mm-hmm. I do believe that, yeah, that there is a sense of entitlement that has been, uh, whether intentionally or unintentionally, I can't say, but like it has become part of the culture of like, I deserve this. I deserve all these things because, you know, I say the right words because I did the right things. And I think that that bleeds a lot from culture to God. And I think especially for Christian kids, um, it can be easy to get into like comfortable Christianity where you see everyone that has these successful lives of, you know, like, this is what I'm doing. It's because uh, I am faithful to God, you know, like implicitly or explicitly saying that. And the people that don't have that, that God is called in a different way to live a different life. They think, well, what the heck does God not love me then? Is that I don't have what this other person who also loves God has, even though I want that thing. Does that mean justice is not 
served equally? Does that mean God has his favorites and that I'm not among them? And then that plants those little seeds of resentment uh, and of betrayal of, okay, well, what am I actually dealing with here? You know, what am I actually like, is God actually for me like the rest of the world is, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I do think it's a big problem. I've seen a lot of it. I've experienced a lot of that in my own life and realizing how entitled I've been. So, yeah. And I, I think, think that 99.9. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, and I think the thing, and you guys have already touched on this, but like, just to kind of confirm that, like, I think the thing that really, really makes betrayal hard to get rid of is just like that sense of like righteous vindication, you know, that like, I don't have to get over this because I know I'm right and that I've been wronged. And therefore I'm, I'm not a victim. I'm not a narcissist. I'm a martyr, that sort of thing. And I think that that's what makes it real tricky, that mindset, you know. But go ahead, Steve. What were you going to say? But the other thing I was going to say was I think 99.999% of us who say that we're believers in Jesus do treat the Lord like he's some genie in a bottle. Okay? Yeah. But but it's to a matter of yeah. degrees. I think, I think I still at times – on some subconscious level, still want him to be that genie in a bottle. I just rub a lamp and God do what I want you to do. And some people that's sort of their whole relationship with God is that he is that genie. And so I think part of, part of our journey is getting to that place where we get that we become trusting of him, not that we're trying to trust, but the more that we settle things in our heart through his spirit, that we become more trusting of him mm-hmm. because that's that's such at the heart of so much of our walk is how much do we really trust God? Yeah, I believe in God. Do I trust him? Mm-hmm. That takes it to another level. And, and there's so many different levels of, uh, and the ways that that shows up, even, even people who have walked away from the church, you know, COVID was good in some ways that it expanded the reach of on the online presence, but I think it made it way too easy for people just to say, I'm just staying in my jammies and just watching on YouTube and I'm, yeah. and I'm good. Well, maybe not. Maybe there is something to coming together as a body, as a local body, affirming our belief that Jesus is the only way and, and affirming the values that we hold dear as believers and to love one another well. Right, that's what Jesus wanted. Love one another, as mm-hmm. I have loved you. But it's people, people have used that as an ex, an excuse to abandon the church or to move from church to church because they were disappointed or betrayed by people in the church, and even even people in ministry bounce around to different churches mm-hmm. because th- those buttons get pushed, and it's so much easier to play the blame game. And they were this, they were that. That doesn't mean that you're ever, you're never not justified moving on. Maybe God is calling you someplace, but quite often mm-hmm. when people say God was calling me somewhere, it was no, I was running from that. But I'm going right. to use the Christianese, you know, yeah. Christianese language yep. to, to to say things are okay. And actually, yeah, you touch I mean, on a really I'm, good. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean one one of the phrases here is I'm just not getting fed. Yeah. Yep. And so, well, you got to open your mouth to eat, brother. 
you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, that's a Wesism, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Are you a simple boy? You gotta open your mouth to eat. <laughs> yeah. Gotta open yeah, no. your mouth to eat. <laughs> yeah, no. Um actually, Steve, you something you touched on there about like, you know, sometimes um People who do move to new ministries are justified in that move, that sort of that change in that relationship. That kind of hit on something I wanted to talk a little bit about when it comes to forgiveness, when it comes to um, getting rid of those feelings of betrayal, that sort of thing. Um, I think that you can, you are called to forgive as a Christian, as Christ has forgiven you. You know, I don't think that we would ever say like the relationship needs to become exactly as it was before the betrayal or before that feeling of betrayal, you know, Mm -hmm. that can change. And I think that that's something that doesn't get brought up enough in the Christian church because like we've covered, there's these little platitudes about like brothers shouldn't fight brothers. You should leave your offering, especially among Christians, you know, like leave your offering at the altar and make peace with your brother. And these are true things, but that doesn't mean that you go back to immediately trusting that person, you know? That doesn't like you can forgive them and you can love them, but I think that it's okay for that relationship dynamic to change. And I don't believe we would be saying that it needs to remain as it was before, you know? Yeah, I would say both sides actually. So Mm -hmm. forgiveness and reconciliation are two different things. Yeah. Okay. So forgiveness is more like vertical. Like I need to deal with Mm -hmm. this in my heart with Jesus. He's forgiven me. I want to be obedient and, and forgive others as he's forgiven me, Mm -hmm. but also, and that's not easy. That's easier said than done because there are things that we're tethered to and aren't the lies that we believe. But yeah, Mm -hmm. reconciliation, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is a, uh, a, a person that you need to be in relationship with, right? If I have, if I loan my car to somebody and I wasn't sure if they were a decent driver and I'm like, Hey, just be careful. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they, they wreck my car. Okay. Well, when I get it fixed, I might be a little less likely to lend my car to that person again. Exactly. You okay. still love them, but that, you know, right. But I will say this, that it, mm-hmm. it has been interesting to see that some people, when there has been some sort of betrayal, that if they both work through their issues, or even if one starts, the relationship can be better than it ever was. Hmm. Because there's been some instances. That's so true. Yeah, because there, there are instances where one person has betrayed another. Okay, so person A betrays person B, and person B is really hurt by it, but deals with some stuff in their heart, recognizes that person A isn't the source of their pain. They're they're the source of that immediate pain, that present pain. But Mm. when they deal with some things that have been, they've carried historically with them, like you said, Wes, right? With being on the playground and who, wherever else, they start to get stronger and more secure in their heart. Then they can come to that other person from this, this spirit of grace and forgiveness and understanding. And then person A says, you know, the reason I did that was I thought things were going to go a certain way and I just felt so betrayed by you. And so that's how I did this preemptive strike. And that's why I came against you. And they recognize that this person B that comes to them actually cares for them more than they think. And then maybe they start dealing with some heart issues. And when 
when when A and B have both worked through some heart issues, they can have a better relationship than ever. So that's that's miraculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 when and and you know the the rest of the story, Steve, which you probably don't yet know about this other person, it, and this is to illustrate this point when the lie that you believe is gone, holding you to unforgiveness and anger. When that happens, then it's almost like the playing field is different. And so after all this stuff, years after this, um, you know, this person actually asked me to pray for them. Okay. And I was able to do that with, with, out anything there like, well, I'll pray for you, but you really are a jerk or whatever. None of that was there. And I didn't reach out. This person mm-hmm. reached out to me. And so it, now it, is our relationship back where it was? No, it never will be. Are we talking all the time? No. And we probably never will. But the reality is, is, is when this person needed prayer. Okay. And I had, still held on to my anger and my hurt and my dismay over what happened, I would not have been able to pray for them truthfully. I want you to hear that. I would have prayed for them because I'm a Christian and all right, I'm going to pray for you, but you know, God get them anyway. You know, I mean, I'm kidding, but I'm just saying, you know, there is that. And so if, if you're holding on to those things in a betrayal, and you're trying to get over it if you're if you're the one who's not gotten over it then there is almost no hope for you to restore the relationship i really do think it only takes one to begin the process of restoration whatever that looks like and i'm not saying that the restoration needs to be everything's all hunky dory but i am saying that that when there is a spiritual situation as a Christian and you have forgiven someone, you can actually pray for them truthfully without angst, without anything between you and God about that person. And the Lord will hear your prayer. Hmm. Right. And when you say truthfully, you mean like authentically, like genuinely, all that, right? Yes. That's what I mean. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I, I did it and I wasn't even, it wasn't even like it was hard. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, sure. You know, and, and about four hours later, I went, huh, that was neat. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because it was real. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that I'm a great person. I'm just saying in that situation, the <laughs> Lord did heal me from from that. And, and I can tell because it's gone. And that's one of the litmus tests, tests I think, that God will bring some of those things back up to us sometimes um, to, to see if we really did truly believe the truth rather mm-hmm. than hold on to a lie. And I think mm-hmm. the biggest lie there, Steve, that for me was if I let this person go, if, if I let this go, then they get away with X, right? Yep. And, and that's got to be a biggie. And so – the fact that I let them go means that there is no X. Mm-hmm. Now, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. They, there's nothing that they got away with and nothing that I lost. Mm-hmm. 
That's, yeah. I think that's a key. I really do right. forgiveness. And Steve, it all goes back to the lie. Um, I'm so much freer now than I was in those situations. Mm-hmm. You know. That's Absolutely. Good. And like, you know, if, if there's anyone listening that struggles with like betrayal, like those feelings of betrayal, that hurt, bitterness, all that stuff, you know, like we're here to tell you, you can be free of that. I remember when I was going through a pretty significant betrayal, I thought this is just who I am now. I'm mm. going to keep repeating this thing. Like you said, Wes, like I'm going to keep turning this over in my mind. And I, because I did for like a couple of years, you know, like I was just in a bad place and I thought I'm never going to get over this. I don't have the capability to be free of this pain, to be free of this negativity, these Mm -hmm. terrible emotions. I don't know if I'll ever connect with anyone again or in the church, that sort of thing. And we're here to tell you now, and I'm here to tell you as someone who has also gone through that and come out the other side, you can be restored. You can come away from that. Those repetitive loops can be gone. That, That anger, that bitterness, that can be taken care of. Christ can take that from you. He will take that from you if you give it to him. Not to use another platitude, but you know what I mean. Like, come see us. Come talk with us. You know, like, let's approach Jesus together. Let's go through the melt process. And, uh, you know, he will be faithful to restore you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody gets away with anything at the end of the day. No. No. So, right. Whether, whether it's, however the Lord works with that or just what you hold in your heart, because you know that if you've done things wrong and you haven't dealt with them, it's still eating away at you. Mm-hmm. And, and what we're not saying as well is that um, there are situations where you do have to have healthy boundaries up. Absolutely. You don't want to enable people, especially those closest to you. Like maybe, maybe you do need to kick somebody out of your house because you do them, right? So, or whatever that is, right? That's, that's just a metaphor for it Mm -hmm. can be very specific and legit, right? Literal, but it also can be uh, metaphorical too. So sometimes you do have to kick people out of your house for their own good, not just for your own self protection. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, that's well said, Steve. I mean, it's, we're not saying that everything's all hunky-dory all the time. There are no. truly situations where you have to protect yourself. Absolutely. And, and we do want you to do that. This has been the Cross Council Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, share with your friends, and look for us on social media. The world will become a much better place, and Jesus will be seen in a much better light the more we are transformed by His truth and love. We'll see you next time, everybody.